0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to still growing in grace. It is Wednesday morning, middle of February. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be with you today. Uh, I'm looking forward to today's program because we have special guest, Brad Jerzak, uh, Brad, uh, participated as a contributor to the healing life's hurts, uh, through understanding forgiveness conference. And I want to share one of the sessions with you today. Um, it's a powerful one Um, last week we shared Safi Koskos uh, and then previous weeks we talked with uh, Francois Dutoy uh, Paul Anderson Walsh um, Richard Murray and uh, Bill Thrasher Um, it's been really really great content so I'm slowly going to you know share more and more of these videos with everyone else uh, because I think the content needs to be shared and I, I I find it phenomenal so those that were part of the conference, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, there's no way you can remember all of the content, because there was way too much, oh my goodness, Um, anyway, uh, I think that's it for now, I want to dive right in, it's about a 45 minute session, and uh, you're going to love it, so welcome to Still Growing in Grace, because we're still all growing in grace, no one has arrived, so let's dive into this interview, I think you're going to really like it, here we go. All right, hello, Brad. I'm so glad you took time to join me in this really important conference, and uh, thanks for taking time. I, I, what I want to do today uh, is kind of focus on, at least in our in our one of our sessions, uh, is your background in the indigenous world and how forgiveness plays into that, um, and then we can kind of see where that goes. Then in another session, we'll we'll cover something else, but. Give us tell us why that when when I talked to you about this the indigenous flag went up right away I'm just really curious
1: Yeah so I think the most important thing to say is that I I don't want to speak for the indigenous community I'm not an expert on the indigenous community but I am a witness who has sat at their feet where I've tried to be a very careful careful listener and so what I want to share. Um, from their point of view today is just what I witnessed and where they corrected me and have 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 brought me along on in terms of my understandings around forgiveness and repentance and reconciliation and all of those kind of things and also to recognize that they there are in-house uh, disagreements among the First Nations people that will that will come out as I share. I also uh, I, I want to, um, say a, a shout out to my daughter-in-law Colette who is half Cree and has also been a guide for me in this and wow. so um, uh, uh, it's it's just it's always a little unnerving if if you want you know I wouldn't even want to claim I'm an advocate or an ally I'm simply a student mm. of some First Nations training in the context of healing circles that I was Welcome to participate in.
0: Can I ask you a quick question? D- did, the, did the recent discovery of Indigenous remains play into this conversation at
1: all? Uh, well, it has now, but uh, my what, the most of what I was learning from them is, is was happening beginning a decade ago. So I'll say two things. One is, uh, for those who don't know about it in terms of recent discoveries, the history of Canada included a a deliberate attempt to, in their words, take the Indian out of the Indian or kill the Indian in the Indian. And what they meant by that is that they wanted to they wanted to destroy indigenous culture and spirituality, uh, you name it, and and with the, the goal being that they would fully integrate them as converts basically to colonialism. The, and they had a method for that in Canada that was a little unique. Um, they they conscripted and contracted religious denominations, Roman Catholic, Anglican, Methodist, to set up schools for the Indigenous people. Um, and in some ways that seemed like A good idea because okay now we're going to educate them they'll be able to read they'll be able to write they'll be able to engage but they went much further than that and and so um they it included in some cases forcibly removing all the children from some indigenous communities taking them away putting them into very oppressive kind of religious institutions where their their hair was cut off their clothes were exchanged for Western clothing, um, where they were forced to practice um, uh, uh, so called Christian kind of faith, um, where any kind of sense of spirituality or even their language, um, use of their language or practices was punished severely, uh, sometimes with. Um, Uh, terrible beatings uh, that extended also into sexual abuse and death, um, severe malnutrition and genocide by tuberculosis. And they would take the kids that had died that way. And in many cases, not communicate with the families that their child was dead or where their body was. And now we've been discovering mass graves, Um, thousands of children maybe tens of thousands you know if you include tuberculosis as part of uh, a very uh, you know that there's a human factor in that but also uh, this ongoing sense of horror of what we're finally discovering but new already and they were telling us the whole time so there's a ton of shame around that and there's there's work to be done but and 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 so that conversation comes into this because even when we use words like forgiveness and reconciliation, um, what they hear, forgiveness is covering it up mm. and like truncating the process and w- without authentic reconciliation or or repentance, it's just like, you need to forgive. In other words, you need to forget and you need to stop talking about this and just then, like recon- the, just like
0: just like the forced schooling, now we're going to force you. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's a push. There's a push for that, right? Mm-hmm. And but we're becoming more sensitive to it. <laughs> and then also, even the word reconciliation, beautiful Christian word, except for for many in the First Nations world, what they hear is, "Oh, this is another thing they're doing to us." That that reconciliation is something they expect from us to massage their own guilt. And absolve themselves, and and so while there's First Nations people who are really active in 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 uh, facilitating truth and reconciliation, sort of in that South African sense that Mandela brought, there's also deep suspicions about the agendas when when governments or churches do participate. So so um, that's really come out in the last year, but. Um, I, I was face to face with it at one of those, clo- re- what had been a, uh, a residential school in Lytton BC, which by the way, was just the whole village got devastated by fire last year. Again, there was human factors in that, but 10 years ago, I sat in a healing circle uh, in a conference on reconciliation. And, um, and it was part of me being mentored over the course of a year for Aboriginal relations. And then that, that door didn't open to me and, and that's okay, but but it was a year of incredible mentoring and, and experiences on the ground, hearing the actual victims of, of the abuse um, and their different perspectives on forgiveness and reconciliation, which we'll go into further. So what, what is the healing circle? So, uh, well, it probably depends how on on, on who's running it, um, but I've experienced it both on the west coast and the east coast of Canada, where where it was a gathering of people. In the the ones I attended were of um, multiple tribes, and sometimes I suppose these healing circles are done in house only with Indigenous people. But the one that I was the ones I was part of. Um, they welcomed in others who they felt needed to hear their story. And so that was representatives of government, of corporations like BC Hydro, of churches, including those who had been involved, of uh, police forces, the RCMP, and um, uh, the logging industry and and um, and mining and and so on. So it's it's all these people who, um, we're working in areas that have a track record of oppression. Who also happen to have a heart for making it right. But you, in in the in our desire to make it right, not on our terms but on theirs, um, they open up with hospitality to 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 lead a healing circle where. Um, People were able to share uh, what their experiences have been, and we're, we were able together to answer direct questions uh, that were put to us and collaborate in a way forward. Um, at the Lytton Group, uh, one of the call to action was extended to everybody in, in the group. What will you do? And so one of the things I did is I, I wrote an article that they later published on on um, reconciliation that included these elements of how they see it, what it includes, and it was much broader than a standard Christian vision. And then also forgiveness, what it is and what it isn't. And so the fact that they published it after um, encouraged me that they thought I had heard them right and that I wasn't misrepresenting what they said, and that and that it was exceptional in that they gave me space to. Um, you know, to use my voice rather than, you know, there, cause there's limits to that where just like, don't speak for us.
0: But isn't that exactly what the whole process of forgiveness and reconciliation is about is about learning to listen. Isn't like, that's what I'm hearing.
1: Well, it certainly has to start there, doesn't it? And so in these healing circles um, everyone got a chance and there, and there wasn't crosstalk by which I mean, if one person talks, you the next person isn't meant to give a response to them. You just listen and shut up. And then um, we, they were holding a, there was a talking stick. So as long as you have the talking stick, um, you're no one can take it from you. And, but, and you're the one talking and everyone else has to listen. And then, and then you pass the talking stick along to the next person in the healing circle. I, Participated in on the East Coast in New Brunswick. Um, a remarkable thing happened. I, I'm listening to all these different perspectives on forgiveness and reconciliation, and my mind is churning about okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to contribute? And um, and it came very clear to me that it was it it was not for me to speak. Um, an inner conviction that people like me had said quite enough. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But the, the, the talking stick came to me anyway. And what I was, I I was moved in my heart to kiss it as the way I kiss an icon in the Orthodox church. Wow! So I received it, I kissed it, and I passed it to the man next to me who happens to be a chief and, and like his, his mouth fell open and (laughs) he just couldn't believe the miracle he had seen of of a white man being able to shut up, you know, (laughs) and, um, and later he was part of a naming ceremony where, where um, one of the other chiefs or an elder, an elder um, uh, had, had walked me through a a naming ceremony that was, that was quite profound for me and, and such an honor. And (laughs) this elder's daughter uh, laughed and she says, you're just lucky they didn't call you Sitting Eagle. And like, oh, why? What's Sitting Eagle? It means you're so full of shit you can't fly anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, I got to practice some kenosis there in terms of setting aside privilege and shutting my mouth to avert the obvious fact that I'm a fool. So, <laughs> um, But it was also a bonding moment. You know so I, I I experienced more reconciliation with that chief by saying nothing than anything probably even more than another apology that they have coming out their ears yeah. and mean nothing to them at, at this point so yeah that was quite quite a impactful moment for me
0: wow that I can't believe you had that opportunity to just to sit and experience that like I'm as you're telling it, I'm thinking, what would I do? I'd be trying to think of something to say too. But to I would know, have.
1: I had the time to, you know, it yeah. took a long time for this stick to get to me. So I, it's almost like it, I needed half an hour just to have that that inner impulse expunged. But
0: <laughs> but isn't that part of the lesson that none of this is a rushed process? Uh, I hear people screaming about forgiveness. Oh. <laughs> those that want it fast they want the vending machine quickness they 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 don't want to do the long work of what's involved in the process so yeah what else did you learn from that and when it came to reconciliation
1: okay so um so i'll start with forgiveness because that that came up at some point (laughs) sorry um and one of the no, I'm going to back up. Reconciliation. So, so in my mind, normally I've thought about reconciliation with God, that God in Christ has reconciled the world to himself. And, and now um, when we turn to God, we can reconcile ourselves to him. And then sometimes we'll have a, a secondary kind of element and, is a, and, and understand that we need to be reconciled with others. And so, and so that will involve authentic um, repentance and forgiveness. If they're both there, then you have an opening for a kind of a a relational reconciliation. And if they're not both there, it's not really possible in my mind. But so we're talking reconciliation, but then the first nations people said, but also like we need to be reconciled with ourselves. I'm like, yeah, okay. Of course I get that. Um, And and, because to the degree that we're alienated from ourselves, we will experience alienation from God and from others, Um, not by them, but by us by building walls, but that wall begins inside so so we need to do this kind of work of reconciling with ourselves, with me, which means looking at trauma looking at shame looking at um, unresolved guilt and, and stuff like that. But then they added this and we need to be reconciled to the land. And. And that's tricky because I understand reconciliation to creation from an environmentalist point of view. They're like, well, there is that. Um, For example, instead of treating the land as as, as something to exploit and use technology to master and thereby raping the land of its resources, instead there's a way of living in communion with the land where you do hunt you do fish you do chop wood but you learn sustainable ways where you are that that are uh symbiotic instead of exploitative and and you learn to cooperate with the land and right now in british columbia we're experiencing the the damaging effects of trying to overpower the land and that is we we drained we drained uh, Sumas Lake back in the day so that we could exploit the soil to make our incredible farmland. And And um, that's not how the First Nations people had done it. They recognized that this place floods and that sometimes those floods are more powerful than your technologies, than your dikes, than your pumps. And so they had to work out how do we live from this land with with shorelines that move every year mm. and they develop ways of trapping ways of fishing ways of moving and even like houses on stilts out farther from the shore so they could <laughs> escape the mosquitoes right <laughs> well now now we're in these floods and I don't I'm not saying we just need to fill it up as a lake again you know we have current inhabitants that need to learn how we're going to live now and uh but but that's an example of we um reconciling ourselves to the land meant living in symbiosis where we treat not only other people but the trees the streams and the animals as as our relations that's what they call them so we acknowledge our relations we acknowledge the fish the deer the that even means that when we when they harvest fish or wildlife that there is that there's a gratitude about that there's a there's a, a definite commitment to making good use um, and without waste and, and, and saying our thank you to, to whatever we've eaten, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was a reconciliation to land. But then they even went further. It's like in British Columbia, they didn't have treaties. We just took the land. They still don't have treaties. And, much of, and they have land claims on like 100% of the province. So reconciliation for them would be settling title on the land and 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 recognizing um, that if we're going to run power lines through their land, it needs to be with consultation and compensation. And the province has historically not cared about that. The governments ha- have just bulldozed them. And sometimes running power lines right over burial grounds, stuff like that, Um, now the, consistently probably for years now, the Supreme court has been siding with justice around that, but it's, it still means long negotiations that we always think are too costly that are just more costly as the longer we delay it. And then I'll add one more that I, they said, we need to reconcile to our past. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Now some of them, they said, reconciling to my past means facing the pain that I went through, facing the, the abuse that I experienced, uh, doing the healing work and, and forgiveness work around those involved so that I can come to wholeness. And that's where it got tense. Because some of the elderly people who had been victims in, that, in the residential school where they were sitting... Mm-hmm. Um, said things like forgiveness is the F word. <laughs> and it's, and it's precisely because of things I had said before, just like forgive meant don't talk about it. Forgive meant live with your shame. Forgive meant that the offenders never faced accountability, that they um, child abusers never stood before a court that um and, and continued to be teachers. Hmm. And so, so then I remember one particular woman who, who said that, you know, that forgiveness is the F word for, she went on to say reconciliation to my past would mean seeing my abuser fry. <laughs> that was reconciliation to her because she was, you know, she just felt like finally, finally, some kind of justice would be done, even if it's retributive justice. Yeah, And that's where the anger is coming from. It's like, we can't even, retributive justice may be the lowest form of justice on earth, along with vengeance, right? But at least it's justice, you know? So she's, can we at least move up to that? Yeah. Um, that's where the her fellow band members kind of then began to speak up and said, but our experience has been that we couldn't that that didn't reconcile us to our past. They've forgive, tried it. They've tried it, and after decades of frustration, they experienced the miracle of of healing and freedom that came from forgiving even those who'd not repented. Hmm. Which isn't the same as reconciliation. I mean, I'm glad, reconcil- I'm, glad
0: I'm glad you're pointing this out because there's conflicting terms here, which we we're going to have to define before we're done this conversation.
1: I think now is a good time to do that. So let's say an let's say it's simple where there's one person who's definitely the offender and another person who's definitely the victim. And I saw a lot of that there. You know, when you've got the head of a school raping a child, you know, there's no both sides ism to this at all. Okay, so we've got the offender and we've got the victim, there's three things on God's heart to the degree that they're possible for us. The thing on God's heart for the offender would be authentic repentance, acknowledging the harm they've done, and the consequences of that harm to others, and not denying it you know but like uh truly expressing uh, their deep amends remorse, like a deeper remorse yeah. there's a remorse to it and there's um and, and they're expressing this remorse or in the 12 step recovery which we'll talk about in the in the next session um that they're they're making their amends authentically and genuinely um and they you know before god that, that that's repentance it is a turning to, toward our responsibility and and um, then now here's a weird thing David says against thee only have I sinned
0: mm-hmm.
1: what that tells me that, I mean partly maybe David's not facing up to the harm he'd caused others it's just you know, it's just me and God you know that could be um, <clears throat> but here is a here's a point to be made there. That we can repent before God and receive God's forgiveness, even when the victims are unwilling or unable to forgive us. Mm -hmm. If they say, I will never, ever forgive you, and I hope you rot in hell, is the repentant person stuck? Um, No, they can come to the cross, and it's sort of like this. Um,
0: There's There's a grace for them too.
1: Yeah, and and the perpetrator has been chained to their victim, but they can take their end of the chain and hook it on the cross. Mm. Sometimes expressing their repentance will also release the victim to new, new healing. That's been my excuse. Where I have harmed others, and they were really stuck in their resentment, sometimes, I've been able to to see them get unstuck when they when they realized I really meant it that my, my sorrow and my remorse were that they they perceived them as honest it got them back on the road to healing but even if they said no I'm never going to forgive you um, I can still experience the mercy of God through Jesus Christ's cross so I hang my end of the chain up on that cross mm-hmm. So that's repentance. The the um, forgiveness is from the side of of the victim. And 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 forgive. So forgiveness. um, Some folks think that they they can't forgive unless the other side is repentant. But then that means they're stuck. What if the person, their offender, dies unrepentant? Absolutely. Are they are are they going to be stuck now for the rest of their life? they don't have to be. They can take their side of the chain and go to the cross and release that chain to, to, to God, to hang it there in the cross so that even if the person never repents, they no longer have rent space in the victim. <laughs> they can, they, it's about, it's about <clears throat> kicking them out of their heart that the trauma bond with the abuser is broken through forgiveness. And, and we'll get to what that doesn't mean in a moment. <laughs> but but it does mean this certainly, taking my end of the chain and and hanging it on the cross so that uh, so that the, the abuser can no longer continue to abuse me from the inside. So there's forgiveness. So when we get to reconciliation, I would say it this way: that reconciliation is the restoration of a relationship. First of all, if you've been raped by a stranger, there was no relationship, and reconciliation is unnecessary and impossible. Um, not safe for the victim. Probably not safe for the perpetrator to be in the presence of their victim while they're unrepentant. Reconciliation is that kind of restoration of a relationship is, is not safe if only one party does their work. So, for example, if the, if the victim has truly forgiven, leaving the, the chains of resentment and impulse for vengeance at the cross, but their offender is unrepentant, they're not a safe person. Yeah, mean the gateway to that reconciliation is still closed. It's still closed and the reverse is probably true too. Let's say some a, a perpetrator is completely repentant but they' uh, but the victim is still stuck in unforgiveness, they're unhealed and, and they're hateful towards them. Mm-hmm. It's like well you can, how do you restore that relationship then?
0: but don't we say that don't you hear this in the church that there are a, there's a choir a loud large choir of religious people saying but you must therefore do it and there's like it's like a a forced rule right do you hear that i I've heard i heard it how do you yeah. how do you address that cuz some there's some kind of rule that's been put in place that doesn't exist
1: yeah yeah you're you're exactly right i would say that the better approach would be It's like um, we recognize there's two parties that are unreconciled here, and they're not ready to be reconciled. If they need to coexist, Mm -hmm. then then the solution is not forced reconciliation. It is healthy boundaries. Mm. So what would a healthy boundary look like? Let's say it's in a family.
0: I was going to get to that. Yep.
1: Right. Where, where somebody in the family has been wounded by somebody else in the family. And it's just and so like, is there repentance? Is there forgiveness? Well, well, no, it's like, but you need to reconcile. It's like, well, well, we can't, but it's like, but this is, but this is our family. And, and do we just kick you out of the family? Do we kick you out of the church? Do we, and it's like, um, no, but we can negotiate. We can negotiate healthy boundaries for coexistence that keep both parties safe. Well, in a perfect world, <laughs> which it is, a if we need reconciliation. So, um, but but I have experienced that too, where um, in cases where I've been the I've been the I've been the uh, one who's done the harm, um, but the 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 people I harmed were are not ready to reconcile, or they're not ready to forgive. Um, then the healthy boundary was asking me not to approach them directly, even to make amends. Mm. And so, so it seems, so it seems to me that um, that in a healthy community, um, where both parties are are working on their stuff, um, you still need to take your time until. And understand what healthy boundaries will continue to be, and maybe well, we all need healthy boundaries. Anyway, so just, so just <laughs>
0: because you want that from the other person, you you don't have any right to demand that
1: from anyone, right? Right. Let's now let's shift then to this forgiveness word. It's 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 hard, and so mm-hmm. I want to be super clear because of how this demand. For forgiveness, especially. By example from this last week, a, a woman who, whose husband had, uh, has repeatedly abused her over the last seven years. And the church has repeatedly demanded her to either shut up or forgive and be reconciled. And that somehow putting the blame on her. It, it, just bizarre. She was told, you're letting the devil win. Oh. For fuck's sake.
0: And so that's angry. I mm.
1: yeah. So what forgiveness is not. I absolutely believe in the necessity of forgiveness for wholeness, but we're 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 forever. The obstacles to that are sometimes what mistaken ideas of forgiveness. So I, I will I can I have a way of saying this really simply forgiveness is not saying it's okay, I'm okay, you're okay. Or we're okay so first of all forgiveness is not saying that that sin was not a sin that that it's okay okay i know you know i know a beating is a sin but it's okay oh i can just leave it behind you know it's like it's not okay it's never okay and so wherever forgiveness is seen to call evil good or acceptable or tolerable what no it's it, we have to name it. It's not okay. Second, forgiveness is not saying I'm okay. In other words, I don't have to be completely healed before I can forgive. Sometimes the, mm. the forgiveness helps get me there. Yeah. So I can say, you know what, I, I still experience the damage of this. This is really obvious. Uh, my friend, Stephen, who who was hit by a drunk driver and ended up a quadriplegic in a wheelchair and who could only speak about literally um eight words a minute very intelligent but no one knew it because no one has eight words a minute of time for him well i did and i sat down with him i did an interview it took hours and hours and hours and he just he just told me like how he went and he he met with the drunk driver and he forgave him he expressed forgiveness but he goes obviously i'm not okay (laughs) yeah in fact even emotionally he says I'm still, I still get very angry. I still get very depressed. I still despair of my life. I still, uh, but.
0: That's the fruit of the harm, is it not? Yeah. It's different than forgiveness.
1: Yeah. So he, he, that's very good. That's the fruit of the harm. And he recognizes that the fruit of the harm does not handcuff him from forgiveness. <laughs> so forgiveness is not saying I'm Okay. It's also not saying you're okay. Like, so let's say I could um, I could say, you know what, this person who has harmed me, I uh, I really have completely left them with God and they know they they no longer haunt me. That doesn't mean they're okay. They probably st- should still have a restraining order or they probably should be in jail or they probably, need 20 years of therapy they might be very very broken people and who are like stay the hell away from me but also i'm okay i i i, I i'm now i'm healed but i know you're not mm-hmm. and then and then we've already covered this really forgiveness is not saying we're okay it's not saying we are now reconciled because i forgave you yep you're assuming, um, so,
0: okay, let me clarify that. Forgiveness is not the same
1: thing as reconciliation. No, reconciliation. Big myth. Yeah, so, so if we could just really boil them down to working definitions. Reconciliation is, is the restoration of a broken relationship. Forgiveness is taking our offender to the cross and leaving them there mm. in God's care leaving them there and so one of the objections then i guess you could add this forgiveness is not letting them off the hook bingo
0: it is letting the
1: pain right it forgiveness is putting them on god's hook and now (laughs) this is crazy i've got so many stories but i'll give you one example where without the knowledge of the offender when the victim forgave them by bringing to them to the cross and leaving them there with Jesus. It immediately released a miracle in that person's life that ignited repentance without even hearing about what we were doing. I'll give you one crazy example. Oh geez, which one? I'll give you two quick ones. (laughs) This woman I knew who couldn't trust any men, couldn't trust the pastor, couldn't trust her husband, couldn't trust any man, um, with good reason, perhaps, but it seemed like a big brush. I said, could we ask Jesus where this is coming from? She knew right away. So when my when my brother and I were children, now she's a, she was in her 50s, said when my brother and I were children, all I ever wanted him with from him was friendship, just to have a conversation like friends. And every time I approached it, he would lock me underneath the trailer like they lived in one of those trailer courts, he would put her in the crawl space under it with the rats. And just like, what the heck is that about? And and uh, just a, a, a super abuser in that way. And so uh, I said, look, I'm not asking you to say I'm okay. He's okay. You're okay. It's okay. None of that stuff. All I'm saying is, You you might be able to experience more trust, at at least in your marriage, if you would leave your brother at the cross in the care of Jesus. So she was willing to do that. I said, what does that look like in your mind? So she said, in my mind, I walked him to Jesus. I handed him over, and then Jesus put him behind the cross. And this would now be their healthy boundary, Mm. that no curse could pass through that cross But perhaps blessing could, if it should ever come about. I am not exaggerating when I say in less than five minutes, he phoned her for the first time in their lives. Less than five minutes later. And he said this, I don't know why I'm calling you. (laughs) I don't really have an agenda. I just thought it would be nice if we could have a conversation as friends. And for the next 45 minutes, they just began to exchange. Not not only was he released from sins he might not even remember or had justified or whatever, but she was actually able to receive him as a friend without fear. Mm -hmm. It was the most bizarre thing. Second story like that. Woman I know in the listening prayer community used to come to all our conferences to do registrations. Her husband had left her over three years earlier for alcohol, and he was now living in a bush like the forest up in Coquitlam, uh, um, British Columbia. And, and um, you know, just him and his little homeless camp and his alcohol. And so she's listening to me tell the story I just told you. And she said, I should try this with my husband. So during the conference, as she, she, she pictures bringing her husband to Christ leaving him in his care. So you're, you're leaving the person there. You're leaving, you're leaving the resentment there. And, and you're, you're, you're leaving all the chains that bind you to that person, which, by the way, sometimes cause us physical illness. And on occasion, we've seen people healed as they did this. Yeah, I believe that. Right? So, but, but she releases her husband. We finish up the evening. She heads home. During the meeting, he had come come to his senses, realized, what am I doing living in a bush? (laughs) Why am I here? I have a good wife. I have a warm home. I have people who care about me. And I've thrown it all away for this. And he empties his bottle of whiskey there in the forest. And he walks home. And he's waiting on the porch for her when she arrives. What? They were reconciled. And and. He shared his story at the next conference. I mean, so I'm not saying it always works like that. I'm saying it happens enough that I know that these dynamics are real. Mm. And that the the power of forgiveness to release ourselves from the torment of resentment, the nights where it's churning in your head, to live freely even of an unrepentant person who's damaged you, and potentially even releasing them to the authentic repentance you were waiting for the whole time. <laughs> um, or not. Or it can just be you and, 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 and you'll carry on and reconciliation will have to await the final judgment.
0: But there's hope.
1: <laughs> well, I would even say... I would I would say that there is there was assurance that at the final judgment everyone will see the harm they've caused will face it without the ability to flee or the desire to cling to it and that we may even be the agents of God's forgiving word at the final judgment if that's true then I also have this hope that p- what Paul says is true that that we are those upon whom the end of the ages has come mm. so that, that 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 truth and reconciliation which will be the final judgment sometimes breaks into this world through willing willing hearts wow i,
0: I can't believe you used the image of the chain on the cross because and I, again i'm i'm still looking into this but something in my heart tells me what i've been studying about the lord's prayer Mm. And an Aramaic understanding of it. And there's various ways to see it. But one of the tra- translations from a one of the Aramaic uh, lenses, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Detach the fetters of fault that bind us like we let go the guilt of others. Or unfetter the chains that bind us. And you were talking about that in the releasing the chain to the cross. Yeah. And that has led to another lie. Or myth that hey, if I don't forgive, I, I'm gonna burn in hell. So there's this forced forgiveness, you're gonna turn or burn. If you don't, if you don't forgive, you're in trouble. There's a very vicious cycle here. <laughs> but then what happens later in the Aramaic when it says, you know, if, if you don't do this, God won't forgive you. In the Aramaic it instead says, if you don't unfetter those chains on others, God is not going to do it for you, which wow. is very different than. God's gonna get you
1: right because right? he can't he won't coerce it. Right? No,
0: but you just described it in both of this, these illustrations. Like I, I I just pulled it up here quickly because oh my goodness, because I want to talk to Safi about this too. <laughs> That's you know? beautiful,
1: and, and it what it the imagery of chains fetters, right? This this reminds us that both unrepentance and unforgiveness are slavery, they and yeah. ins- they enslave us and we're like so worried that well even like oh no if i don't forgive i'll go to hell it's like no no you're in hell that's there. <laughs> you're there now <laughs> that's that that is it. alienation is hell yeah. and and um and let's get out of there <laughs> yeah so wow. the idea is also you know that how long do you want to be chained to that person yep. when you have the key
0: <laughs> imagine that i've always yeah. said you know if you don't forgive you're like the
1: only prisoner the largest prisoner or prison in the world and you're the only prisoner there. Yeah do you remember the message Bible where in uh, John in, in the Gospel of John after the resurrection Jesus you know he, he says that I'm going to give you the authority or the power to bind and to loose and and, he, and he, you know sort of the standard translations would be would be like the ones you forgive will be forgiven. The ones who sin you remit will be remitted. The ones who sin you retain will be retained. Mm. The way Peterson put it in the best of truth was so good. It's like, and if, if, you, if you don't, um, I don't, I'm paraphrasing his paraphrase, but no. <laughs> if, if you don't release their sins, what are you going to do with them? Mm. <laughs> and That's like, brilliant. I, I guess I'll carry them around. Yeah. And they will create osteoporosis and autoimmune diseases oh my and ulcers, and they will they will damage the effectiveness of my T cells against cancer. And I mean that's real stuff. The, yeah. we are integrated beings, so healing and wholeness really I, I I do see repentance and with me when I'm when I'm when I need to make amends to someone and I don't. Or when someone needs to make a, is is furious with me and I can't make them unfurious. Um, my my digestive system goes all to hell. Yeah. And and my my wife sees it. She's like, two weeks in, it's like, it's been two weeks. What's what's going on? Yeah. Well, so and so hates me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe you could bring them to the cross then. And well, just just
0: this interaction has helped me uh, see how, how I can then approach, not approach people, but how to throw these, these concerns to the cross in a more beautiful way than I thought possible. And I've, I've been learning a lot. So just yet another lens. So the purpose of this conference is to you know, look at healing life's hurts through understanding forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the big ones because it affects us physically as well and solically. So this is brilliant. I look forward to our next conversation on this. Thank you. All right. We'll wrap this up. Thank you so much uh, and we'll look forward to the next session. Oh my. I'm so glad I shared that one today. Oh my. I've heard it once before fully and today was the second time and those that are watching, thank you for joining me on this and those that came in late, go back and watch from the beginning you're gonna love it and this is only part one i've got part two i'll I'll probably do that next week then um yeah have you thought through forgiveness like that before Uh, um there's more depth to this than we realize there's also a greater effect on our our full physical mental well-being this topic has an effect on our mental and physical well-being more than we've ever admitted um I don't know i hope you heard that i hope that some of those stories caught you um i saw some of the comments piping in here and uh, i'm really glad to that you guys are commenting um howard from sorrento bc good morning mike gordon guelph good morning jeremy good morning i don't know where you're from uh, karina good morning to you you must know brad uh, where are you from <laughs> and rebecca my niece that's so cool i hope you enjoyed that rebecca this is this is deep content like Brace yourself. This is not Pablum. This is not the fluffy fluff. Um, this is deep, real stuff for our soul. Uh, Marlene in, uh, in California, good morning. Brenda in Waterloo, or Kitchener, sorry, good morning. Great to see you on. Yes. This was a great segment with Brad. Um, the conference was phenomenal. Brad was one of our key contributors. And uh, I tell you this from Trinidad you're watching Kelvin <laughs> so cool oh I wish I had your weather right now <laughs> but this conference material was so good that I think we had like um, 25 sessions that's how much material was shared in the conference so I'll slowly release these and those that were part of the conference you have your playlist you can go back and watch any of them at any time um, but uh, it's been pretty cool well this topic is big and it's been big on my heart for a long time and will continue to be because there's much more to learn and unpack i hope you enjoyed today's program um join us again next week Um, uh, we're gonna do part two of of brad's conversation Um, go back and watch from the beginning this was just so good uh can't believe it okay karina says she's from australia oh no way she's indigenous I'll have to listen back i'm still trying to work theology yes i bet you are i've never stopped experiencing presence since filled Uh, the hell and striving have never made sense of love yes yep you're right um i hope we can become friends karina i don't know how you connected here and i don't know how we connected but uh, we've got i've got a number of friends in australia that are uh chiming along and on this grace journey um uh, deconstructing reconstructing renovating our minds and our theology oh my goodness Sunday mornings I'm on at uh, 10 a.m Eastern Standard Time just go back in my post so you can see all the stuff it's it's I only want to share good news I uh, don't do BS um you know don't do fake so i hope you enjoy today i hope you enjoy uh what's coming and go back and re-watch um and you'll be you'll be pleased and by the way uh a couple of the other speakers francois du uh were posted so this is still growing in grace episode 114 just go back on the playlist if you look below in the comments you'll see the playlist for still growing grace and all the episodes we've done uh it's all there so enjoy and uh, yeah Try to send me some of that warmer weather. (laughs) I love it, Calvin. All right. Have a great day, and we will catch you guys next week, or if you join me Sunday morning. Looking forward to it. You guys have a fantastic rest of the week.